today's class is Luli Nishmat, one of my uh, spiritual mentors just passed away two days ago. It's very, very tremendous chassid. His name was Rapinya Korf, Allah Shalom. Rafal Pinchas, Rabinabshia. Amen. He, he was very, um, was very uh, quick to make a very deep and close relationship with people. People met him right away; they felt they could trust him, and they and he was. I mean, I'm not going to go talk about him about him for the next couple of days if I don't want to start talking about him. I just wanted to dedicate this to him. And with this theme we're going to discuss today is very connected to who he was, which is. We're going to discuss a question all of us have at different times. The question that we have is often, how can we open up the gates of heaven? How can we get God's attention? How can we get a God to pay attention to us and listen to us and to answer our prayers? What can we do to get in good, so to speak, with, uh, with Hashem and Hashem to answer our prayers? You're loud. Well, you remind me actually the, 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 some, some Hasidim have a custom when they pray they scream yeah. so one, they call called the Hasidim that, that's their custom so someone passes by one of their synagogues and, or he, they cry and he's like dude have you tried asking nicely <laughs> but uh, that's not how we get God's attention there's, a, there's another way and I want to address this through the prism of this week's Torah portion we read this week about Pinchas after Bilam tried to curse the Jewish people unsuccessfully he advised the king of Balak, he says, I know that the, their God is very against promiscuity, so my advice to you is to get them to sin with non-Jewish women, and this will cause their God to be angry at them. And they, they successfully seduced many, many Jewish men to not only sin with non-Jewish women, but also, they also seduced them to do idol worship. They told them, we're not going to be with you unless you pray to our idol. So they caused a huge plague to the Jewish people, in the middle of all this tumult, the prince of the tribe of Shimon, his name was Zimri. Zimri had the audacity to go over to Moses himself and said to him, Hey Moses, um, you're not allowed to marry Midianite women? Isn't your wife a Midianite? So uh, Moses did not have, at that moment God took away from Moses the spirit of knowledge. And God told Moses, what's the answer? For whatever reason, God took away the Moses' wisdom for that moment. And Moses says, I don't know what to say. And everyone was crying. Everyone knew it was a tragedy, but no one knew what to say. So all in the middle of all this, this man named Pinchas, who had the same soul as Elijah the prophet, he gets up and he says, Moses, didn't you tell us the halakha in this case that if someone's zealous for God's honor, he can defend God's honor? And Moses says, you're the one who read the letter, you should fulfill it. And he goes and he... In front of everyone, he is, takes a spear and he ends Zimri and the princess of Midian's life immediately and he kills them. And all of the Jewish people at the time after he kills them aren't really like jumping on the bag and going, oh, great job. They weren't like that. In fact, the sages were very upset with him. The sages criticized him. The sages said, you see this guy? You see what he did? His grandfather was Jethro, Yitro. Moses' father-in-law was his grandfather. You know why he did what he did? He did what he did because he comes from this man who used to fatten calves to idol worship. Yitro would take calves and idol worshippers in general would take meat and feed it to their calves and then they would offer it as a sacrifice to their God. This is a guy, he comes from, the, from that, that family, that's why he's doing this. Now, that's what they said. But if they really felt he was a murderer, say he's a murderer. 
If they felt that what he did was right, why are they mentioning, oh, he fattened calves to idol worship? Say he's a murderer. Talk about the real issue over here. If they felt what he did was so bad, say he's terrible, this guy's a murderer. But they didn't say that. They said he fattened calves to idol worship. What they mean? What they meant was, they thought he may have done the right thing, but he did it for the wrong reasons. Some people are always looking to be the one to hold the spear, right? Some people are always, it may be for a good reason, but, but maybe because of something bad inside of you. They said he has a wrong intent, a bad reason for doing what he did. That's why they mentioned the calf thing. It's very cruel. It looks like you're giving the calf food. Here, have some more to think, tell me more to eat. Here, here, eat some more. Eat some more, eat some more. Looks like, looks like, looks like you're being kind. But what you're really trying to do is fatten up the calf so that you could kill it. So they were telling Pinchas, you come from a family of cruel people. That's why you did what you did. So they weren't against the action that they did. he did. They were against the, the motive. There was a great rabbi in Israel 100 years ago. His name was Rabbi Yosef Sonnenfeld. He was the first Ashkenazic rabbi. Uh, uh, in, 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 um, he said a very interesting, interesting uh, analysis to define the difference between when you're fighting for the right reasons fighting for the wrong reasons. He gives the following analogy. He says, you have two enemies of the mouse. You have the woman of the house is an enemy of the mouse. You also have a cat. They're both enemies of the mouse. But there's a difference between the animosity of the cat and the animosity of the uh, housewife. The cat and the, and the woman of the house both want the mouse to die. But there's a difference. The cat wishes there's more mice so he can kill more, uh, more mice. He can eat more mice. The woman of the home wants it to be no more mice. So there's a big difference between people who fight for the right reasons People who fight for the wrong reasons, some people are always looking for a fight. They went, oh, where is there a car driving a Shabbat? I wish a car comes by driving a Shabbat in some places in Israel. They do this. Unfortunately, they may have, may have very noble intentions, probably not, but they may have noble intentions. And they're, oh, where can we throw rocks at a car that's driving a Shabbat? Where can we defend God's honor? So a lot of people stand up for God's honor when they have a chance to fight. That was what the other uh, Jewish people were accusing Pinchas. They're saying he may have done the right thing, bad motive. But God said he, was the right, he did the right motive. God said he did it for the sake of God. God said he, he had the right intentions. And in fact, in order to show how wonderful he is, God gave him the unique privilege of joining the Parsakar family. Actually, the Kohen family, which are the Parsakars are cousins and members of that family. It never, ever happens. It never happens that God changes the rules. It's not like you, you're, on the, you're on the chessboard and you're a pawn and when you do a, m- a bunch of mitzvot, eventually become a coin. I will never, ever be a coin. But it was a unique thing at that moment because he was so in tune with God's desire. God gave him a gift which was beyond the regular order and all of a sudden he is elevated to coin status forever. So, he was not a coin originally. And he became a coin because of what he did. After he killed someone, not because he killed someone, because he had the right intent. He had the right intent. Now, a lot of times we accuse people doing things for the wrong intent. I want to tell you a fascinating story that actually changed someone's life, and hopefully it will change ours as well. There was a man who passed away a few months ago from Corona. His name was Rabbi Avram Shmuel Bukit. He was one of the Rebbe's emissaries to Israel. And he said that he witnessed the following thing that changed his life. It was many, many decades ago. He was on a bus in Israel. And this old man got on the bus, and there's a woman... And the bus is packed, and the bus is, you know, it's, it's, it's the old days in Israel, you know, trying to stay on the bus, the bus is jumping and moving around. You've been on the, on the Eger bus, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so he's on the bus, and this old man comes on the bus, and he wants to sit down. He asks this woman if she can get up, because he's an old man, she's a young woman. And she just looks at him, and she looks down. And everyone on the bus is like, what kind of chutzpah, what kind of insolence, how terrible this woman is. She, this guy wants to sit down, he's an old man, and this little young lady, why can't you get up for him? She doesn't get up. 
The bus goes on. Everyone gets off the bus, and just he and she are on the bus. He, he and she are on the last stop. They have to go to some uh, hospital, Perea Hospital. And the bus stops. She gets up. She takes her crutches out from under her seat. And she takes her crutches and she starts going very slowly, very slowly off the bus. He walks over to her and he says, he ran after her. And he said to her, um, I just want to ask you a question. How come when they accused you of why didn't you get up and everyone was in such a pressure in the bus the whole time, why don't you say? She said, I was embarrassed. Then she said, I want to ask you a question. What did you think when I didn't get up? He was embarrassed. He couldn't answer. He put his head, eyes down. What could, what could he say? So that, 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 he was very appreciative of that experience because it really guided him the rest of his life when it comes to looking at people and you never really know what the motive of someone is. And therefore the Torah always tells us not to judge people. Don't be quick to judge people. Sometimes you may see someone doing something wrong, but they don't even know it's wrong. Some people don't even know they're doing the wrong thing. There's another point that the Alter Rebbe says, you don't even know what kind of character this person has. For this, for you, may be a very easy thing, but the person that you're talking to may be impossible to overcome his urges, that he has a, a, a burning fire to do the wrong thing. You don't know what's going on. There was, there was a, a man in the city of Berdichev who became a priest. Berdichev was like, you know, like the shtetl. Like, I'm talking like Shiraz. I'm talking like, you know, like, everyone when it's Shabbat, the whole town is Shabbat. So this guy became a priest. It was like a popular thing to do. Like, he's, he's 70 years old and becomes a priest. It was like a huge stay in the Jewish community. And they told the rabbi of Berdichev, you know what happened to, to Yankel? Yankel became a priest. Rabbi Berdichev, he was known to be like the defending angel of the Jewish people. He always found good in everybody. He says, ah, what an amazing man. What amazing man, he became a priest. He joined the... Says, Look at this. He held it in for 70 years. He wanted this for 70 years. He held it himself in. He never went after this for 70 years. So there's a way to look at someone. We're told in the ethics of our fathers, judge judge the whole man for the sake of merit. It doesn't say judge every man, it judge kol ha'adam, which means if you really knew the whole guy, you wouldn't judge him uh, negatively. The reason we judge people is because we only see one tiny bit of the person's persona. If we knew the whole person, we would find a way to judge him favorably. When you judge someone favorably, it helps in two ways. It helps you personally in two ways. Number one, it helps me. If I judge, someone, if I judge people negatively, you know what that does? You know why people in New York are so much more intelligent than people in Los Angeles? You know why? You ever notice that? Because people in New York... <laughs> people in New York and people in Los Angeles both go to work, but people in Los Angeles go to work with with the subway. People here they go to work with a car. What do you do when you go in your car? Listen to talk radio. You must show him. Who are you listening to? You listen. You think you think Sean Hannity and Dennis Prager that make you smarter? You're going to hear a lot, a lot of negativity. It doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. You're going to hear a lot of negative energy. The whole talk radio is negative energy. It slows your brain down. Not only that, it makes you bitter. It makes you bitter. It makes you it makes you negative. When when you go when they drive to New York and when they go take a subway to New York and in, in, in subway to, to work in New York they read makes them smarter when you read it makes you smarter in a similar way if you're preoccupied with people's efficiencies doesn't matter if you're talking with the president or whatever it's going to make you a bitter negative person when you're positive you see good in other people you stream you stream negative positivity you stream energy you're able to do stuff so I'm not talking about being naive and saying oh everybody's wonderful everybody's great. You, when you look at someone, there's different dimensions of that same person, different parts of the person. When you look for the good in the other person, number one, it makes you better. Number two, you're able to influence that person. When you see the good in another person, you're able to influence. Think about yourself. Think about yourself for a second. Who in your life can influence you the most? Someone who thinks that you're a mufkhar, or someone who thinks 
you're terrible, or someone thinks that you're a good person. Someone who thinks you're terrible, you know what you do when that person criticizes you? The shutters of your brain go up and like, no, you're not welcome. Your brain does not let in anything that person is going to say to you. When someone thinks good about you, and you know people believe in you, you want to hear what they have to say. So if you want to influence someone else, you have to believe in that person. You have to think good about that person. If you think negatively, you're not going to be able to, to, to help them. I want to tell you a crazy story about this woman named, named Edith Hager. Edith Hager is a famous author. She's 90 years old. She's a Holocaust survivor. She, she became very depressed after the Holocaust. She got married and divorced, and she recovered. She married again. And she speaks and she writes around the world. A 14-year-old boy comes to her office. She's a therapist. And he is dressed like a Nazi. She is a Holocaust survivor. He's dressed like a Nazi. And he says to her, I don't want there to be any more blacks, any more Jews. It should all be dead. I want America just to be white. And he's saying this to her, who's a Holocaust survivor, who's been in Auschwitz. You know what I'm saying? He's saying this to her. So she's prayed to God at that moment. And she said to God, God, let me find this little bit of fanaticism in myself. Let me find some fanaticism in myself. And all of a sudden she felt this inner voice in herself which let me, that doesn't judge people. Let me find the part of myself that does not judge people. And I, when she found that, this voice in herself, she said to the boy, tell me more. Tell me more. The boy started to pour out his heart, all the anger, all the rage, all the frustration, all the things that people did to him. And he, and he poured out all, more and more and more for two hours saying why he's upset. And he left after two hours with a smile. That's what happens when I look good at some, for someone's good. This helps us understand something else. It says in the Torah to judge people favorably. Where does it come from? Where does it come from to judge people favorably? Where does it say it in the Torah? It says, there's a verse in the Torah, B'tzedek tishpot amitacha. What does that mean? It has two meanings. One meaning of it is like this. Let's say you have two people, you're, you're, you're the judge, right? You have two people come to you. One of them dressed, dressed with a Giorgio Armani suit and he has really nice glasses. And the other one looks like a shlump. You know what happens to you immediately when they come to the court, your courtroom? Right away you think that the shlump is wrong. That's how it happens. So the Torah says, when they come to your courtroom, get them both in their Armani suits or, or put them both in their shlumpy clothing. Uh, you guys be perfect, by the way. You both exactly dressed the same. You, you come, to court, come to court together. Anyways, but you have to, have, to, have, to, have to dress the same way. Dress the same way. Similar way, you can't have one guy standing, one guy sitting. You can't say one guy, oh, tell me what, what, what's going on. The other guy... Speak to sternly. You have to, you have to speak to them they're both the same. They have to both come to you dressed the same. They're both, both in the same position. That's what it means to, to judge someone um, righteously. But the Talmud says there's another meaning of judging people righteously. It means judge them favorably. One second. If I'm judging them favorably, I'm not being judging them right, correctly. Either I'm judging them correctly or I'm judging them favorably. How can it be both together? Is it favorable or is it correct? Is it truthful? And the answer is that there's two different things you have to do as a judge. There's judging the deeds. Yankel took Bijan's Mustang, and he stole his Mustang. So you got to know if he has to return the Mustang or not. You have to know the details of the case. You have to judge the deed. When it comes to the person, the person has to judge favorably. There's a deed and there's a person. You can't put them t- together. And this is something incredible that the Rebbe teaches, which helps us understand, a lot, which, help, which really can transform our lives. There is a rule in the, in, the, in the world that God made. God made a rule in the world that there is zed umad zed, which means wherever you have good, you have holy. And you have, whenever you have good and holy, you have the opposite. When you have negative and bad, you have good. Hashem made it fair. So if you find someone with a huge problem, that means they have a huge soul. Whenever you find something terrible in someone, 
That means you also have something amazing. It's not just either good or bad. Everyone has both. In fact, you find something really bad in someone, that means that they have something really good in them, them as well. Think about Esav, our uncle Esav. Remember our great uncle Esav, Yaakov's brother Esau? Isaac knew he had a much greater potential than Yaakov. Esav, Yaakov knew this guy has a lot greater stuff in his soul than Yaakov. He, he's, a, he's a murderer, he did crazy terrible stuff, but inside his soul he knew there was more. So don't look at what the person thinks. Don't look at what the person says. Don't look at what they do. Halacha, you got to figure out whose car it's supposed to go to, who belong, who is the owner, who, what the deed was done, and who, what's the right move right now. But looking at the person, you got to see the good. So I'll tell you one, this, this is unbelievable. He's a 19-year-old. He comes, came from a religious family. Listen to this. Don't run away. Listen to this story. It's unbelievable. You know, share it with, with, with your brothers. It's, it's, you can, it's, it's just... It's, it's a paradigm shift. Let's hear the story. It'll change the way you think about things. 19 years old boy. He came from a very, very religious, wonderful family. And then he went astray, stopped keeping all this stuff, stopped keep, keeping show kosher and Shabbat, completely left everything. So he went to a, a, um, a rabbi, and he started telling the rabbi what was going on in his life. He said to the rabbi like this. He says, unfortunately, he had a relative who did stuff to him. I don't want to speak at length, but you can figure out what he did to him. And whenever his parents went away, they would always leave him in the care of this relative who, who molested him. And he said at that point, I was growing up, you know what I did? I used to always pray to God, God, take this person away. Make sure that he doesn't be the one to take care of me. Make sure he dies. Take this person away. He prayed that guy should die. He prayed this person who was molesting him should die. He prayed and prayed and prayed and didn't help. And since it didn't help, he said, to, he said, I have a choice at that moment. I asked them, I'm a lesser should die, he didn't die, I have a choice. You know what the choice I had was? Either I'm going to believe that God is cruel, and God doesn't care about me, that's one way I can look at, 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 at the world, and I, that God is a cruel, God doesn't care. Or I could decide that God, that God is just not around, just not around, just, just, not, just, just doesn't hear me. So whenever this guy who's eating pork... You know what was going on in his pork? What kind of faith in God he had in his eating pork? He came from a real... I can't say that there's a cruel God. I can't attribute cruelty to God. I have to believe that God wouldn't let this happen. So he had, he had an erroneous mistake because of what happened to him, because of the challenges that God gave him. But you know what's going on in the kind of soul there is in his mistake? This is a very important message for ourselves as well. Judging people favorably doesn't just mean people. It means me, it means you, it means ourselves. Many people feel like they're victims. They have to be terrible because of things that have happened to them. There's a great line. Someone said, there's a difference between being a thermostat and a thermometer. What's the difference? Some people, they're always judging the, the, the heat, the temperature. They're just thermometers. Don't be a thermometer. Be a thermostat. When things change in the, in the room, so you trigger on, put on the heater. Some people, they're just victims. They're just passive. They say, oh, this happened to me. We are the creators of our movie. We are the ones who show the movie. We're the ones who watch the movie. We're the ones who make the movie. We create it. So we have to judge ourselves to the merit as well. The moment you open your eyes and you say to yourself that you're not a victim, and it's not true, and you feel the good in your mistakes that you make, you feel, I, I'm a good person, but I make mistakes, and you feel the good in yourself in those mistakes, that's how you get to Mashiach. That's what Mashiach is about. It says when Mashiach will come, he will gather all the Jewish people together. You know how he's going to gather the Jewish people together? He's going to find the good in every single Jew. He's going to find the good in us. And preparing for Mashiach means also to look that way, to look for the, that neshama, that spark of Mashiach in you.
This is the answer to our question. How do we get God's attention? How do we, how do we, how do we make things good? It says in the Talmud, anybody judges others favorably, what happens? God judges you favorably. So, yeah, this is the bottom line, my friends. We've got to look at each other in a good way, look at ourselves in a good way. This will open the, uh, the gates of heaven for ourselves. And may Hashem really uh, look at us favorably and send us the end of the Golot and bring Mashiach. L'chaim. Any questions, comments, or criticism? Yeah, the boy, the boy, the boy recovered. The boy recovered because of that. He was able to express himself, and he and he let all the anger out. And they were able to. Have, she was able to help him because of that. Because she let him speak, and she listened to him. He he, he all of a sudden like he he, he was. It wasn't because he's an he's a, he's a bad person. He wasn't a real Nazi. There's all this anger in him, and he just like. 